Welcome to Back to Debbie. It's 7 a.m. Eastern Time, the only time zone that misses Corey. We're here, we're here with our special guest, Austin. Emphasis on the special. Uh, let's just get started right now into the game, right? Uh, let's get started with Quinn Ewers versus Alabama here. Now, I was a really big critic of Quinn Ewers opening up because I understand it was his first full game to start, but for someone that is toted for being, you know, just greatness, he didn't demonstrate that at all for the first week. But now against Alabama, he looked good until the injury. You got any thoughts on that, Austin? Yeah, thanks for having me on, Mike. Um, happy to be talking real Debbie on a real Debbie show. Yes. Um, so, so good stuff real there. Debbie about a about a fake sport or a fake. Exactly. <laughs> um, you So it's really interesting. We talked a little bit about it on the C2C pod this week, and I want to hear what you think as well. I think. I mean, last week was really his first live action in two and a half years almost um you know missed missed all of last year and and uh missed a decent portion of his junior year as well with a a small injury at hernia or something like that it wasn't like a shoulder or anything but um so first real action he was fine but i think just kind of getting into a game where he wasn't really thinking about things like alabama just kind of comes at you they make you you know, ratcheted up to 11. I think he relied a little more on natural instincts, fell back on, you know, his mechanics on just what he's done for his whole life. He looked really, really good in this game before he got hurt. I mean, nine for 12, 134 yards in like a quarter. I mean, Bama, how many points do you think Bama would realistically would have scored in this game if you played the whole game? 30, 35, 40, like more than the 19 that they did score. No, I'm with you there. I, I, I personally bet the over. I really thought Alabama was going to roll them. I thought, the defensive line was going to tear apart when you were there, but uh, no, I, I'm with you. He looked great, and uh, I don't know what's wrong with Alabama. I feel like I got to put some blame on whatever Alabama's doing on their side of the ball, but no, when you were looked great, he he looked like he was, you know, the top five quarterback. Well, I think everyone has a more like top three for that class. Like he he looks like he retained that value, which was a worry. So it seems like you're a glass half uh, empty guy. I'm a glass half full guy. Okay. Um, because I, I, you said, you know, I, I, Bam, well, I don't know what's wrong with Bama. And that, that maybe that's a fair comment, but I want to say like Texas looked much better than I thought they would. They looked athletic. The offensive line held up pretty well. Like I said, yours, I mean, they, they were able to, he was attacking deep because that line was giving him time. Like he wasn't really under pressure. Uh, and he was connecting on those deep passes. I mean, Worthy was open all day. Worthy, if they played the whole game together, legitimately might have had three touchdowns. I, I mean, I just, yours, he's such an easy thrower of the ball. I, I love watching him throw. I think he's on par with like Aaron Rodgers in terms of like the most aesthetically pleasing, like just a little flick of the wrist sends the ball yeah. like 55 yards downfield and it looks like he's not even sweating it. I think those are the kind of tools that we love with him. If he can just get more reps, he looked fine this week on not that many anyway. Like I, and, and it's not his non-throwing shoulder that got injured. So there's no worry about him coming back too fast and, and not looking great throwing the ball. Like I, I give him four weeks, six weeks or whatever. I wouldn't rush him back if I'm Texas. Um, but I think it's wheels up for him. Like I, you guys were talking about it last week. You were, you were a little nervous. I, I was a little nervous after week one. Like I'm not going to lie, but yeah, I, he assuaged pretty much every concern that I had after that game this week. No, I'm with you. And I, I like that you comped him to that quick release that Aaron Rodgers has, a little just how he does. So I, I'm in agreement with you. I really do think Quinn Ewers is exactly as advertised now. Wasn't last week, but 
I guess kicking off the rust been a while since been in the game. And I, I like what I saw. I really did. Just from my comments on the Alabama defense, so like those flags that they had, like that was yeah. like one of the most flags that Nick Saban's ever had on like a team, like ever. Some 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 wild stat that they threw out there about the flag. So I thought there was more mistakes by Alabama rather than than Texas accomplishing stuff. But I don't want to. I guess I'm way watching their accomplishments too much there. I guess I'm you know, but both he stepped up as far as like Alabama also stepped down too. I guess that's kind of where I'm kind of going. No, that's fair. I mean, that, well. We'll 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 just kind of split that difference there, and you know, and, and then we can just move along because there is another quarterback this week that that injured his shoulder a little more severely, unfortunately. Tyler Buckner over at Notre Dame. Yes, it sounds like he's probably done for the year, close to it. They're saying three to four months, so a little. Uh, it's not as mild of an injury as yours has. He has not looked good this year. What do you think about Buckner so far at Notre Dame? There, what are you expecting from him moving forward? Like, what what does this shoulder injury do for him? I don't, I don't really know, honestly, moving forward. I'm a little scared here because I, I actually initially tweeted out during his first game that he went 8 for 8 for 125 to start off against Ohio State, who doesn't develop good defensive talent, but they still have high-level recruits. Whoa, whoa. Just... They develop plenty. Last year was the first year they had, they, they've put the Bosa's in, in the NFL in the past okay. five years. They've put multiple first-round corners in the NFL over the first couple of years, like, linebackers you could argue but i i you're going too far it's been so. like a good two three season i think for corners i remember sean wade win the fifth round last year because the patriots then traded for a fifth form and i was pretty upset about that because i was like that dude looked terrible everyone's highlight tape last year was against sean wade it was very it was very hilarious and noticeable that if they played against an ohio state team it was the highlight it was sean wade in coverage okay but right. anyway moving forward from that i thought he started off good so just just how he's developed recently is just Really hit the brakes. I mean, this guy is someone else drafted in C to C leagues in like probably the top ten rounds, like consensus oh, like yeah. top ten rounds. Yeah. yeah. So I I don't know if we can get the return value on that investment. So I I don't know where I have him in rankings. I actually haven't talked to Corey. I haven't talked to our group chat about it. But probably like week four is when I'm going to overhaul my Debbie rankings and just that's when I'm going to start actually doing real reactions to it, not just like little overreactions. But I'm worried about long term. He's not getting this game time. Uh, I can't remember what coach said it, but one coach said the best teacher is the game itself. And so since he's just not on the field again for another year, it's it's looking like and he didn't really end on a good note. I am going to be super worried. So and and I, I talked last week about how it's a thin line for these Debbie QBs. I mean, we really have our eyes on five QBs each year. So, I mean, I don't know where I have him in my rankings right now. I don't have him pulled up, but I imagine I'm probably going to drop him. But I'm not. I am worried. I am worried. This is a, this is a a big stock down and. It's unavoidable because he can't get on the field for another you know, three to four months. Yeah, and this is just, I mean, he missed his whole senior year because of COVID. Then he enrolled early. Didn't really play that much last year. Missed his entire junior year because he had a knee injury. So it's really, I mean, it'll be almost four years since he's, I mean, if he comes back and that keeps his job like, and he gets it back, that's a tough sell for me. He has not looked good throwing the ball. Um, I don't know if that passing attack, you know, schematically is doing him a ton of favors. He, he redid his whole throwing motion coming into college. It was very noticeable at the elite 11 when he showed up there, like he took the whole year that he had off to like revamp it. I don't think he needed to do that. He hasn't really looked right since here. Uh, a little known fact, I actually, I rank C2C here and I also rank Debbie. I updated quarterback running back pretty thoroughly so far through a couple weeks. I've dropped Buckner down to QB 31. 
Yeah, really, really. And just some of the names that I have directly in front of him. I have him right behind Hunter Deckers, Cameron Rising, Preston Stone, Jaron Hall, Devin Leary. All guys at this point that, like, at least we have tape. Like, we got nothing on this kid, and he hasn't looked great for four of the last six quarters that we've seen him. Are you worried about the uh, getting recruited over by any chance? I can't remember. I feel like they lost a big time recruit recently. You know more than me on that. But is is there a situation here where next year starts? He's you know healthy again, but he has that injury prone label that we're looking at some prolific freshman to take over from him early. So not really. They were really in on Dante Moore, who's going to Oregon, uh, fourth five star kid. Um, so they they lost out to him. They do have CJ Carr coming in, whose grandpa is Lloyd Carr, who was uh, head coach of Michigan for years there. Um, had some really good years as their coach. It was kind of amazing that Michigan didn't get him. He's a 2024 kid. There's been rumors that he's going to reclassify up a year, but we've the the recruiting team has watched a couple games of him this year, and he he's not ready for college at all. So like, I don't think Carr would be a threat. The transfer portal would be their only option, and I'm sure there will be plenty of guys in the portal every year moving forward. It just depends on who else is shopping in that aisle. Because I think if you're Notre Dame and you're going up against, um, you know, the the Bamas of the world, the LSUs of the world, the right. Georgia with Stetson Bennett leaving, I mean, I don't think they would beat any of those teams to any sort of uh, high-profile guy that, that floats through there. Okay, let's roll into our next guy here, Raheem Sanders. This one's for Corey. Corey had him as RB3 the whole time the offseason. I had him as RB4. Back-to-back big games. He goes from Cincinnati to – I'm having a brain fart. Who did he just play, Austin? South Carolina. South Carolina. Thank you. Yes, in that front seven they have there. He's looked great twice now. And there's already people tweeting on there out there that he's the RB2 in the class. I mean, just give me your overall thoughts on Raheem Sanders so far. Yeah, I bumped him up to two. Um, he was five for me. I think it was, uh, Travion, uh, Will Shipley, Braylon Allen, uh, Devin Neal. And actually I don't have an Edwards right above him too. Like they were like 16, 17 or something like that. So, um, I mean, the big question was, is he a bell cow? Right. Some of these guys just aren't, you talk about it all the time. You know, the guy might look like a bell cow. It's like, a, you know, like he might walk like a duck. He might quack like a duck. Is it actually a duck though? And some of these guys, you know, they're two twenty. They look like they have a, a, a well-rounded skill set for whatever reason in college. They never get that volume. You wonder why you think maybe they can go to the NFL and do it. And most of them, as, as you rightfully point out, don't do that. But he's finally gotten that bell cow's workload the past couple of weeks. 20, 20 carries week one, 24 week two, averaging ba- over six yards per carry. He's looked you know, still dangerous in the receiving game. I, I, he's going to lose a little bit of it because Dominique Johnson will be back. Like I, 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 he, he will be just flat out, but he's shown that he can do it on that volume, which I think is, I, it checks that box. Even if he goes back to a, a 15 carry guy, I think, I don't, do you, do you agree or disagree with that? I'm not really sure if he gives up that workload. I mean, I feel like the coaches have to acknowledge that he's just dominated two stout defenses in the league. Like they're not pushovers. We're not talking about like G five teams here. So I, Since I, he's hope, not G5. I hope he keeps up this usage. What? Since he's not G5? Well, I said they're not pushovers like G5s. Okay, just saying. You know. So, oh, Cincinnati, you're right. You're right. I, I'm already considering them moving up because they went to the playoffs last that, year. That's a fair point. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, 
moving forward, I, I don't think he gives up enough here. I mean, because it, it was the debate offseason was A.J. Green and just going through, like, the three-way there. But I don't think A.J. Green's involved right now, right? Is he, like, healthy? Because I really haven't seen him. I, I'm banishing him to the shadow realm. He's lost his touches, too. It seems like Rashad Dabinion, who's the true freshman there. Um, right. So, yeah. Yeah, I think A.J. Green's toast. I think Raheem's got it locked up. I mean, I really hope so, at least. I might just be wishful thinking and some personal bias there. But, yeah, I, I do like the skill set here. And I... I'm not like, I guess I get too into player comps here, but I really think he's going to be like an Antonio Gibson, but obviously Antonio Gibson's not much of a success story. I mean, for fantasy he is, but not not when you actually watch him play, he's not. But I think he's going to have a similar skill set Antonio Gibson and hopefully be healthier and be more efficient between the tackles than Gibson was. So I, I'm really looking forward to him at the NFL level. So I think this guy's going to translate very well. Yeah, I do too. I will. I did think it was notable. I actually watched, um, I watched, the second and third quarters of that game this weekend. Um, and he got caught from behind once, which actually really, really surprised me because he's known as like a, a high 20 mile per hour kind of guy, which is, you know, not elite speed, but but very, very, very good. So that actually kind of surprised me and disappointed me a little bit. But I mean, the rest of his game has been so good um, that, that it's not like uh, I'm not. I'm, I mean, I've obviously I bumped him up. I'm not killing him over it, but I, th- I did think it was notable that uh, for the folks that that maybe have an inflated idea of what he is athletic, which is still very good. It's just not that top one percent kind of guy like maybe we thought he could be. You muted yourself. Thank you. I'm trying to see what his um. Miss tackles force works. I feel like he broke so many arm tackles. You're like, this is a guy that you gotta get like you gotta get your base set. You gotta be able to actually wrap around and get him. It says zero. Interesting. Oh, that's for receiving. I'm just teams have to teams have to hate defending against him and KJ Jefferson because they yeah. KJ Jefferson had this one he almost got dogpiled and he broke out of it like as a, as a quarterback. It's just it must suck to wake up on on Sunday morning as a as a a DB that just played Arkansas this season. Did you find guys want to hear from him? But let's let's roll to somebody else here that's taking off now. It, it's Marvin Harrison, his big game against Arkansas State. I came on here again. We did a like little panic meter. I think I gave him a two or a three on our panic meter. But I yeah, like you said were because freaking out, bro. You were freaking out. I said that I was worried because I already had I had him as the wide receiver one for the class. I was like, that's why I'm worried because he's not living up to my expectation. So he's still top five. Never I never moved him. You don't move him after week one. You just kind of take some mental notes here and there, but. I mean, he, he looked dominant. He looked the part. And I remember on your show, too, last week that you were saying there's no reason to panic because he had the same amount of targets as uh, Emeka Ibuka here. So week two now, comparing Emeka Ibuka to Marvin Harrison, do you think one is a is, is over the other, or do you think it's kind of an even split, like a 1A and a 1A type of deal? Or, well, I'm interested to I'm interested to hear what you say as, as well, because I know you guys were talking last week, you know, what Ibuka looked like he stepped up against Notre Dame. And I still think that's valid you know we we talked about again like you just said why why i didn't necessarily want to lean that way yet because they both got 11 targets it just egg book outperformed them on those targets so i was saying you know don't we're not freaking out about it um and they both performed very very well again this week egg book had a rushing touchdown he had over 100 yards uh, a big day for him there as well um arkansas state not a great opponent but there, there are things, and this is the whole Dane Brugler thing. I don't know if you were going to mention that or not. Um, this is the whole, like, why the NFL is going to be really high on a guy like Harrison is because he's big, he's fast, 
He can play on the boundary, which is very, very valuable. He can, he could be a true X receiver. Um, and I don't think it hurts that his, his name is freaking Marvin Harrison Jr. And it's not like he's just the son of some other random Marvin Harrison. Like his dad is the guy. So I, I do think NFL teams value that. At, at the end of the day, like, would you, who would you rather have between him and Quentin Johnston, who we've waited and waited and waited and waited to do this? And he's done it like once in his entire career. They, they threw for 400 yards as we can QJ didn't do crap. But comparing those two guys, I think I'd have to say Marvin Harrison Jr. here because you have no questions at quarterback. Like, you know, the person's going to come, but like Quentin Johnson, it's like, I mean, you know, the end of this crowd are going to point out, you know, about his production profile, which isn't good. I mean, there's more context there. I mean, his quarterbacks are, are uh, Max Dugan and, and Chandler Morris, right? Like, I mean, like this, everything has to be thrown like under five yards. They can't seem to push the ball down the field. So I, I would rather Marvin Harrison. There's, there's no, there's going to be, I'm very confident that his production profile come draft day, is going to be very elite. And then he's going to stay healthy too. And of course the athletics will be there, but I think the athletics are pretty similar between these two prospects here. So that's kind yeah, of I mean, a, an equal. The, the thing about Johnston that I think is going to be really interesting is that I don't think he's ever going to hit like that elite, elite market share kind of thing. Like he had, um, like 1.79 receiving yards per team pass attempt, which is pretty good as a freshman. And then last year he was at 1.9. Like he didn't really get any better. And now this year it's through two games, but it's drastically worse. Like it wouldn't shock me if he kind of barely does hits like the thresholds that you want to see, but never like crushes them any given year. Whereas Marvin Harrison, I think will have at least one year where he's just way above that threshold. And I think at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's a box checked if you're hitting those thresholds, but if you're smashing them, I do think that that matters at some level, especially as you're trying to parse out like late first round picks, which is what both of these guys were in, in startups this year, whether that's Debbie or any other kind of format. So I like, I, I do think Harrison will fit. will will uh, market share wise and everything. I think he'll do better than QJ does this year on a better team with better competition against better defenses. I think that matters a lot. I think I would much rather have Marvin Harrison. In fact, I have QJ in one league and I'm trying to sell him as fast as I freaking can, man, before this ship goes down. You don't, you don't believe in him at the next level QJ. Like you don't think he'll be fine in the NFL once he leaves college. My problem with him has always been that he's just very inconsistent and it's a game by game and a play by play basis. Like he'll have a, a series where he's out there and like you defenders can't get anywhere near him at the line of scrimmage. Like hands aren't even close. And then he'll go out again and it looks like he just doesn't care. Like, I don't know what his issue is, what his deal is, but he's way too athletic, way too like, just like fluid out there to be a guy that again, like you want to blame Max Dugan, but he threw for 400 yards this week. And QJ did nothing. I it's it's very very concerning. I so I mean you are you still a big QJ believer? I just can't keep you making excuses for a guy. Yeah, I, I am a big believer. I just I really think it's more the quarterback play here, and, and I do understand the like the on field attitude issue. I feel like maybe it's just a that that dog in him where he's just like I want the ball, I'm not getting the ball, so I'm going to throw a little little mental fit about it, you know. So. I'm still a believer because I, I believe in the talent, the skill level there. I think he's going to get the draft capital, the athletics. Uh, the production profile is concerning me, but like last year, what? It was like five or seven games he played. He had over 100 yards. So it's it's inconsistent. Yeah, I'm not sure if that's right. Somebody want to check that. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm looking up. I was, you said that. I was like, that does not sound right. 
<laughs> I thought right. he had like a, a really good for the healthy games he played. I can't really remember now. But anyway, he's inconsistent, but like he's shown enough flashes that I feel good. At. It's similar to like George Pickens this last year. You know, like George Pickens never. I mean, he looked great his freshman year, but then it was all like he's hurt and he played like three games, but it's only got like one or two catches each of those three games he played. So it's it's one of those. It's it's kind of like that situation to me where it's like the player still has the talent, demonstrates that he has the talent, flashes enough for me to believe in him at the next level. And then he goes to a, a capable system that I'm going to be like, yeah, he's going to be a stud. My problem with that is like if he's a dog, like Pickens, Pickens was a dog. Like that's what I love the most about him. If he really is, the reaction isn't, oh, I'm not getting the ball. Like, screw this. Like, it's like, I'm going to hurt the person across from me, and I'm going to make the quarterback give me the ball, whoever it is. QJ does not ever do that. He, he, the, the, he's gone God mode once in Oklahoma, against Oklahoma last year. And that's really the only game I can remember him making that kind of a difference so and he had he had 100 yards uh three games last year uh baylor oklahoma west virginia we can round up that 95 we'll call it four sure why (laughs) not and he almost had a touch so let's 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 round up his touchdowns here too so six six rounds up to ten right it's like yeah exactly yeah i know (laughs) basic math we're analytic guys so so i just i i i really he's too athletic to go missing for large stretches of a game, in my opinion, like he's the kind of guy where if you have a bad quarterback, he's it's Traylon Brooks with KJ Jefferson, like just let the guy do it. They they don't seem to to do that, so I don't know. Interesting, interesting. But anyway, I do agree with you though. I would actually rather Marvin Harrison. I really would. It's a slim margin, but I, I would rather Marvin Harrison. So speaking so of guys, of guys that have dogs in them, uh, Anthony Richardson was was rumored to be that guy after Week One. Uh, went up against your your Kentucky, your you guys now your Wildcats, and they um did they did they break Anthony Richardson? I mean, he, he looked pretty gross here in this one. Dude, he looked terrible. And I I was hyping him up. I I mean, there's always some project quarterbacks that go in the first round, right? There's always a few, uh, and I really thought he was going to be the project quarterback. I think Will Levis is a project too, but I would rather take on Anthony Richardson's project rather than Will Levis. But now it's just. I don't know, man. I, I hope that's like his rock bottom. Like, I hope we just watched the worst game of his career. And, I, and and Kentucky didn't look good last week against a G5, a G5 team. They didn't look good against Miami of Ohio. They, they looked okay. They looked good enough, but like not, not ranked 20 SEC, you know, first round quarterback coming in. So it, I am concerned about Anthony Richardson. I mean, I'm not going to move my rankings. It's not really that high anyway to begin with, but. But man, he went from looking like a lock first round talent to like a I don't know, man. I don't know. We've never really seen him. I mean, this is his third career start. We've never really right. seen him play significant games back to back where teams can get some intel and kind of make an adjustment. The only games that we kind of saw that last year were when he played LSU um and he threw for those three touchdowns and had those two awful interceptions and they sat him down. The week after that he went against Georgia and got smoked, but I'm not sure I'm blaming him for that. But this is kind of the first time that we saw him, that teams adjust. And what Kentucky did was they basically said, beat us deep. You dinked and dunked last week, and you looked looked good getting the ball out of your hands real quick. Uh, For the most part, making easy reads, although a a couple of times he did have to kind of work his way uh, across the whole field or most to it, uh, most of it. But they basically said, like, you're going to have to beat us deep. We don't respect you at all. We don't respect your receivers at all, which I think is – uh, a part of it with him 
Um, and he really, really suffered for it. I mean, 40% completion, <laughs> terrible. Um, one thing that I want to ask your opinion on, because I was talking about this with Colin. He, I'm wondering if he ends up doing the Malik Willis thing that, that Willis did last year, where he basically said, teams don't think I can pass. I need to show te- like NFL teams that I can pass. I'm going to try to stay in the pocket more than I probably should because Richardson like just didn't take off at all last week. Now granted Kentucky was spying him like but I, I, any thoughts on that I'm sure I'm assuming you watched most of that game I did I did watch the whole game so I I, I really think this exposed the, the Miami not Miami excuse me the, the Florida wide receivers I thought they yeah. looked really terrible they had some drops too they couldn't get separation most of our secondary came back I think we only sent one or two to the draft this past year. We usually send like three or four. I mean, UDFAs, but we usually get one or two drafted. But um, no, I, I thought that they game planned Richardson out really well. And I hope that he can make adjustments. I mean, because they really did. I mean, you nailed it. The coaches kind of like the defensive coordinators found knew how to like tackle this problem and they, and they killed him. So I, I don't know if he's going to mentally switch over. It's like, I need to throw more or that's a great question man you're blowing my mind now with this question i'm like thinking about this now you're welcome i hope it keeps you up tonight i hope you're just laying there in bed like oh my god what's anthony richardson doing i mean it's too it's still too early to say anything definitively about him right like anybody who says like oh yeah like i think he's he's a first round you know top five lock like just write it down is a fool and i think anybody who's saying you know undrafted free agent like bum also a fool like the truth is probably somewhere in the middle and after three starts, we don't really know yet. But I will say his first three starts, there have been a lot more really bad moments than really good moments. And yeah, I, like, gave a lot of, Quinn Ewers has played gave, two starts. Sorry. I think Quinn Ewers has more good moments than Anthony Richardson does on tape so far. Like, really? That's true. That's true. I think we gave too much. I gave too much credit to Utah's defense last week because I really was ready to like put the crown on him saying, this is a good defense. I mean, he, he showed us what he got. So, the athleticism is still there, right? It's it's still the same player. I really hope he develops that arm. I feel like maybe this might be a wake-up call where he pushes himself, coaches push him to start challenging his arm ability and, and get him to to do more. I hope it doesn't turn into a, a Cameron Ward situation here where they're like, all right, everything's going to be 10 yards or less. Like, no matter what, we'll, we'll run some sort of error rate or something like that. But So I, I hope that it becomes one of those situations where they push him to develop more. As a Debbie analyst, I hope that they push him to do that. So, Do you think, I, do you think he has to go back next year? to school i mean maybe yeah i mean if he doesn't develop like mid like mid-year i think we, we could probably know the answer to that question by mid-year if he's not showing some sort of improvement of pushing the ball downfield i think he will because i think scouts come to him and be like well we think you're a third round grade probably like 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 what malik wills is and then he's going to go back to us that first round draft capital so it's it's definitely on the table here i mean this this class is still just CJ Stroud and, and Bryce Young at the top, and then a whole bunch of maybes. And then there's the Will Levis crowd. Who's your third guy right now? Uh, Tyler Van Dyke. Okay. I'm still a big believer. I don't think he's shown it this year yet, but I, he hasn't looked bad yet either. So, yeah, he's the only guy who hasn't sabotaged himself so far. So, that, <laughs> that counts for something, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is not shot himself in the foot yet. Uh, let's roll into. Um, Let's roll into to Washington wide receivers here. Uh, you you actually tweeted earlier today talking about Jalen McMillan calling him a Debbie asset, giving some props to Colin. I know that probably hurt. I 
almost called the police thinking that there's a gun to your head. Clearly someone was in distress text tweeting that out there. But uh, I actually have not. I have not watched these games. So these are both guys that I believe are what? They're juniors now. So they're still in the early declare. Yep, They've third year. Yep. Yeah. They both lacked a decent production profile up to this point, which, you know, again, I don't really matter as long as they have it that third year for me and they come out for that uh, early declare. But, but uh, talk to me about uh, Romo Dunze and Jalen McMillan. Yeah. So I think both of them have enough context around it where you can kind of like fudge the numbers in your mind where they had COVID is true. Like the, not they like COVID situation is true. Freshman. Uh, I think the PAC 12 teams played like three games. So not ideal there. And then last year, they were playing with what uh, Morris, a quarterback who was is it Dylan Morris. Yeah, I think that's who it was. Who's legitimately one of the worst quarterbacks in college football last year. Like they they've not been around, you know, decent quarterback play. The first year they get it, they've both been fantastic so far. I'm still a really big believer in both of them. McMillan, I, I like a little more out of the duo because he is a little more dynamic with the ball in his hands. And Rome Adunze's dad would disagree, by the way. If you go look at my tweet, he found it and wasn't wasn't very happy about me saying that. Um, but McMillan, he like he's, you know, sh- short intermediate is kind of his game. Really dangerous after the catch, really fluid athlete. They uh, RA Analytics had him as like the third fastest player in the country this week, I believe. Uh, 21 miles per hour for him. Just a, a really nice athletic profile. I think he's going to have the production profile after this year. He's He's way above kind of you know magic line type thresholds that we talk about sometimes um so and i think it's going to continue as long as Penix doesn't get hurt which is like you know kind of a big wish but um i i think that'll continue all year i think mcmillan will have over a thousand yards i think adunze will probably have close to that um you know 60 catches 1100 yards eight touchdowns for mcmillan seems very doable for him and i think if he does that he's a legitimate I know everyone says this, but a legitimate day two guy. Like I, I really do think that he'll he'll get there pretty easily. He'll test well at the combine, which will really really help him. Um, so yeah, give me all the McMillan. I I've moved him in my top twenty. I mean, would you rather have him or Parker Washington? I don't think that I don't think Washington can play on the outside. You talked about I Washington was super last worried. Week. About, I was on the record last week saying I was worried about him because I thought in the offseason I thought Tinsley could be the one, and I I think that's I think that's I think that's true so far for two games here. So I, I am worried about Parker Washington. I would take him over Raheem Jarrett today too. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's that's bold. But yeah. I thought no, you were a big fan of Raheem Jarrett. I'm not really a big fan, so I can't really say it's bold. But I I, I had him fifteenth fifteenth so... coming into okay. the season for Debbie. Oh, like, so not, not great, not terrible. Yeah. Right. Like for the class, right? Fifteenth for the class. <laughs> no, not fifteenth for the class. Fifteenth overall. Oh. So that's huge. Is it? Yeah, like seventh <laughs> so. in his class. I don't know. I mean, okay, I put him at 15 first class, so I got him deep. Well, yeah, you had Dontavian Wicks ahead of him, though, so that's not Jay Carey. Yeah, yeah. Look, they who's the new coach they have over there? At Tony Virginia? Elliott. Yeah, I just that man's Tony, killing Tony idiot is more like it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, I, I like to call him McMillan here. I but do you have any comments about like the defenses he's played? I mean, Kent State, Portland, like. Are you, are not you great, about... but he's, he's been the go-to guy there, and I think the tools are, are very, very apparent. Um, I think what and, and DeBoer's offense, their head coach, I don't think that offense is going to get worse as the year goes on. I actually think it'll get a little bit better as they all kind of gel together because they've got weapons. Like they just, we've had a Ferrari in the garage, and they've had like a 90 year old guy that can barely see over the dashboard at the wheel, and that you can't drive that car to its full potential 
doing that. So now they, they have an, F, an F1 driver there that, that's sitting behind the wheel. He's putting it on a real track. And he's letting them go. I think they're showing what they can do. Love it. I love it, dude. Uh, this isn't on the show sheet, but I wanted to ask you about this question here. I know you discussed it on your podcast, but I, I want to talk to you. I said no surprise questions. I explicitly said that before we went live. No. I think you'll be ready. You'll okay. be ready for this. Okay, one. cool. All right. I want to talk about Jermaine Burton, right? We talk about the wireless one Alabama all the time. I was not as bold as your co-host and how I ranked him, but I had him very high compared to the industry here. And he just hasn't. I mean, he hasn't taken the spot as the Alabama wide receiver one as expected. So, I mean, where are you at right now with Jermaine Burton? Are you, is he still like, would you still think of him as a top six guy in the class or where are you at with him? I, I just pulled up my rankings as you were asking this because I've dropped a couple of guys um, and he's one of them. Um, I've dropped him. Where'd you go, Jermaine Burton? He was in my top 10. Now he's, he's a uh, wide receiver 16 for me. And I actually think he'll probably drop even lower than that um, when I look at it again. Um, look, like we, he, he's, he, it's the same problem he had before, which is like he's not hyper efficient. He doesn't draw a ton of targets and just like straight up doesn't really get open, short intermediate stuff. Thought maybe he could show something different, but I mean, through two games, he hasn't. Like at, at what point do you just say, you are what you are? Like you're a role player and you're, you're Valdez Scantling like at, at the NFL, like it's a role. Someone's got to fill. He actually looked decent this week for, for the chiefs, but it's not a guy that like I'm relying on to, I've got one play. I, it's third down and nine and the game's on the line. I got to go to you. Like maybe he's just not that guy. Have you watched any of them this year? Like, what do you think of them? No, I haven't been able to watch that much. I got to catch some of the Alabama versus Texas game, but not much at all. I watched the uh, Utah state game but it's like i mean it's utah state so it's kind of like everyone and, and, he, time, you know? and he didn't even have that good of a game then he was bailed yeah. out by two touchdowns he had like four for 47 and two touchdowns like right. not a gr- great day overall like he was out targeted and out caught by a bunch of other guys on that team i think I, weeks ago we had an episode i know Corey cited so i don't know if memory but like why is your ones in alabama average like 1300 receiving yards or something ridiculous like that and it's just like this guy's going to have, have one hell of a second half of the season like to, to hit those numbers. Like He's not separating himself. I'm a little concerned about that. My eye has been drawn to Kobe Prentice now, who I think runs like a running back in the open field, but like still gets the ball, still gets open. Yeah. So like that's cool. <laughs> it's a freshman, but it's just – man, I never – it's just been so easy to, to, to call the Alabama players because, they're, they're you know, it's Alabama. They always send someone to the first round of the wide receiver. Their quarterbacks do well in the NFL. But, like, this is one of those I'm, – I'm wavering on, on Alabama. And if, if Jermaine Burton doesn't, like, do something, probably by week four – I mean, he's right now my wide receiver four in the class. But I'm probably going to move him to six. Behind who? I'm, oh, who do you have him, like, in front of or behind? No, like, you said you're going to move him to six. Who's jumping him? Oh, uh, Josh Downs and Addison. Okay. That's why I'm behind. I mean, I feel no. like I can do that right now, honestly. But, but yeah, I I thought I felt really good. I feel like most people probably had the same top six, different order, but the same top six. And it's some of these dudes are disappointing. I mean, Jermaine Burns is disappointing, but Keishon Boutte too. Like, I'm waiting for him to do a little more too. I mean, I really think it's his fault. But are you worried about him? I mean, another in, you know impromptu uh, discussion here. You guys said last week you weren't. No, didn't do I'm, much again for a second week in a row, and it's a bad situation. But I mean. I'm still not worried again because it's it's just the talent level, but 
I mean, if he doesn't flash here and there, like, yeah, I think I'll be sweating a little bit. But if he ends the year with having, like, maybe, like, four good games, the other eight are just meh, I think I'll be okay. But if it's – yeah, so I'm not I'm not worried about it because I, I know who is quarterback. I think his quarterback is terrible. I don't even know. What is LSU doing? They don't know. They don't know. I'm I'm worried. I'm a little worried. I would about be Bute? lying. Yeah, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't. Do you do you think his injury is? Do you think he's come back from his injury? Do you think physically, athletically, he is one hundred percent? It's really hard to say because they are not like even attempting to like get him into space or like anything. So, but he, I thought he looked mostly fine when he wanted to week one, and I didn't watch their game at all this weekend, so I can't comment too much on that beyond just another underwhelming uh, box score for him. Um. But I like he he looks mostly fine, so I mean the, you guys talked about it. I mean, he might opt out. I don't know. I mean this he clearly just I don't think he likes Jaden Daniels. They were arguing in that first game against Florida State. Yeah, I, I want to back up now to Jermaine Burton here. I just want to do like an either or. Who would you rather have? Oh, sweet. Okay. All right, Jermaine Burton or Lorenzo Styles. I've dropped them both a lot. Uh, do I have to choose one? <laughs> yeah, you do. Yeah, to choose one. I'll, oh man, I'll take Styles because he's the mystery box. He could be anything. I think we already okay. know what Burton is. All right, Burton or Bo Collins? Bo. Burton or Adam Randall? I, a mystery box. Give me the mystery box. Give me Randall. Okay, yeah, you'll probably take these freshmen over. And then... Yeah, that, it, that's the thing. Like, once we get a couple years in and we think we know what these guys are, I'll just take the guy that I don't know yet and hope that he overcomes that. And, yeah, Randall, I don't know how far down the freshman I'd have to go. I, I would take Randall. I would take Antonio Williams. I'd probably take Evan Stewart over him at this point. I'd probably take... Taylor and Darian Brown. Yep, yep. I would take both of those guys. Um Yeah. I think so. What about what about Kanana Mumfield? You're a Pitt fan. Man, Mumfield has not looked very good this year. I would take him over Mumfield. He's bigger and more athletic. Gotcha. All right. Interesting. All right. Now that we've segued like ten thousand times, here's a question that I've hinted. I've hinted at uh, at Corey, who doesn't pick up on it the last like three shows, and now I'm the guy talking about Western Kentucky's former coach way too often, Mr. Kitley. Look, he's he's in he's in Texas Tech. He's gonna he's gonna create these high level producers. These are this is now a power five program that we care about. Are these guys Debbie assets? Like, do you think these guys are are? I mean, they're gonna put the numbers, but do you think these guys are gonna be developing the Debbie assets? So, like, I'm really more talking like focusing on like Duran Bradley, for example. He's a sophomore. He's looked good for two games. Yeah, got a lot of targets this week. Didn't do a lot with them. I I did have to watch this whole game for uh, uh, college fantasy tonight. You know how Felix is about. You watch your you watch your darn game. So I, I yeah, stuck with this you, you put in too much context. He's like, you got to be short blurbs. Like, I, anyone can read a box score. Like, I, I'm going to give you some, I, some detailed stuff. I was watching that show as you try to talk about Rice. And he's like, stop, <laughs> stop, stop. <laughs> it's cracking me up. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I think that I don't know how much I love any of the guys that are on the team now. But I think if he stays there for a couple years, there's a very good chance that they can develop some of these guys. Bradley, he moves well for his size and he has pretty good hands. But I don't is he a possession guy in the NFL? Like those tall possession guys, they don't seem to be worth that much at the end of the day. Like I don't know if he has the ability to win 
deep, which is if you're going to have like an alpha build guy, like like C- Cedric Tillman is way more NFL ready than him because Tillman can kind of win on the boundary, you know, against press coverage. Like we've seen him do all of that already uh, at a high level. We haven't seen Bradley do any of that. I don't know if we will get to see him do any of that. I don't think that's the kind of guy that this offense is meant to highlight or develop at the same time though. Like I think it's meant to develop more of the miles price guy or the, you know, Nehemiah Martinez who had a good game this week, or I don't know. I, I, I don't think they have the bodies there yet, but I do think there's a chance as the years go on that this offense can do it. I just don't think there's the guys there yet to see that kind of jump with personally. Gotcha. So you think the system will eventually just not who's on there right now? Because I'm I'm with you on on physical ability. I agree with you because I, I do I do talk in in a lot about physical attributes compared to like their size and like the six foot five guys. The only ones that are like successful like Mike Evans is the best example. And those guys are, I mean, he's a hyper athlete and he's super physical. So it's, and guess what? Wins downfield consistently. Like yeah. I think you have to at that that height. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I mean, those guys don't. Corey said this last week. When you have to say this guy moves well for his size, like that's more of a negative. We got to put in that. Not a great qualifier. Yeah. 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 <laughs> for his size, he's a good mover. Like, no. So I, it's, yeah, when you're like that big, like DBs will be on you because DBs in the NFL are hyper athletic. So it's, it's like, it's it's like, more like for, for your intelligence level, this writing is really good. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, thank you. I, <laughs> I, I don't, that's not a good thing. Yeah, I mean, he's he saw a big uptake in rece- in uh, snaps too. Like, he went from seventeen snaps week one to sixty two week two against Houston, who's a better G five team. I mean, they are like a really good G five team. So, Wait, who, who are you talking about there? Duran Bradley. He he saw like seventeen snaps week one, but he saw sixty two wow. this week. So yeah, I mean, he, he was, was out there, and they they were looking yeah. his way. It's just I don't they think def- I, I don't think defenses respect him over the top either, which I think again is just limiting. Like, if you're going to be a tiny guy. At least you can be shifty and kind of get open quicker. Like those tall guys can't do that. So what else are they going to do? Like I, I, uh, I'm, I'm not. I'm pretty skeptical on Bradley, and I don't know. Like this, this could just be a revolving door of like one week somebody's really good there, and then the next. Like we saw it this week. Like Nehemiah Martinez was really highlighted. Um, next week it could be Loic Fungi. The week after that it could finally be Miles Price. I mean, I think it's just going to be a rotating door because they don't have that guy there yet. Do you think this is now? I'm, just, I'm doing way too many like what ifs here. You think Kitley moves on like like sooner rather than later, so then we don't really actually get to see any Texas Tech guys like really get the cash in. It's a good question. He seems like the kind of guy that will eventually get a head coaching job. I mean, Cliff Kingsbury ish. Like I'm not like he might be more successful than Cliff or a better coach, I, but like that kind of seems to be his his pathway. Like you know, start off offense coordinating somewhere small, kind of prove that you can do it somewhere else, and then make that jump. So he could. Um, but I think even like, yeah. So uh, will he do it at Texas tech? Maybe I think he'll be there for at least two years. So this year, one more year. And then if they're good, then I think he, he moves on. All right. All right. Let's, uh, let's go into some freshmen here. It's everyone loves like freshmen to get on the field early, right? We talk about how, you know, Trayvon Henderson, Braylon Allen, they're everyone's top two running backs. Now Braylon has top play top three, but anyway, these guys in the field early seem to uphold their draft capital better than these guys that come out late. So let's just talk some freshmen that have caught some eyes here. I actually want to start off with uh, Luther Burden, wide receiver one. I personally think he's going to be just as good as Jamar Chase here. 
Um, according to PFF, who everyone, yeah, I do. I have lots of expectations here for this guy. Um, PFF, who, you know, we love their raw stats uh, when we don't love their film grades. But I just, I just want you to know this. See, I don't think people are aware of this. Out of, out of 79 freshmen, which some of them are probably mislabeled, but of this current list I'm looking at, 79, he's bottom six. Him and, him and Andre Green from UNC, they're bottom six for their film grades. Just give me your thoughts on Luther Burton. I mean, because I don't, I don't see that in him. I don't see bottom six. He's not Jamar Chase. I think he's a lot closer to the Juju Egbuka um, uh, range of player where they are probably inside-outside versatile, but I think he's going to end up being best in the slot where he can be physical like he can he can be a physical overmatch but he's still quick and shifty enough with the ball in his hands where um he can make something work there um i don't know that he'll ever like like he had a really nice week one and he was another guy where he scored two touchdowns but they were both carries which is i mean it's awesome to see a true freshman in their first game score two touchdowns like regardless like massively different expectations for jermaine burton's two touchdowns versus luther burden's two touchdowns but I don't know that he can, can consistently get open yet. I don't know that he necessarily knows how to do that. He definitely has the tools and he definitely will. But I think it's asking a lot of a true freshman to show up at a school like Missouri and the SEC and be their go-to guy with like nobody else really there and a really bad quarterback. I think it's just a really, really tough expectation for him. So I do expect this to be a rough year one for him. But I do think he can bounce back. I think he'll grow into that. And who says that he has to stay there for three years? Do you want him to stay? Would you want him to transfer out if, if quarterback situation is not looking better at the end of this year? Dude, that was my follow-up question. I was going to ask you, at what year does he go to Alabama? I can I can read minds. What I mean, when do you want him to go? Do you, is Bama the spot for him? I mean, probably. That's just, that's the go-to transfer spot. I guess all of a sudden Alabama doesn't know how to recruit. Like, well, I mean, okay, Kobe Prentice, but they don't know how to recruit like freshmen all of a sudden. So, no, I I. I don't really have a prediction for him transferring out, but I could see him getting to a point where he sees there's nothing more for him to learn, you know, and it's, and it's a business decision to, to go somewhere better because, because he can, you know, so it, I could see him get to that point. It's just, we just really haven't seen it. No, actually, never mind. I was going to say we haven't seen it internally in the SEC, but Jermaine Burton just transferred. So I was about to. Yeah. Yes. I, 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 I think if he's smart, he makes that jump at some point. Um, I don't know if it's after this year, if it's after two years, but Missouri's just going to struggle to get him the ball. Like even like Missouri's put some guys in the NFL, but it was when Drew Locke was there. Like say what you want about Drew Locke in the NFL, but he was a very good college quarterback. Like they they definitely don't have their their Drew Locke on that team right now. No, for sure. Yeah. So let's let's go over to Andre Green here though, or not Andre Green. I want to go to UNC, but I want to talk about their running backs. I want to talk about George Petaway and Amari Hampton. Now, last time me and Corey talked about, and we talked about how. We liked both individual skill sets. We wish they were just the same running back, and then he would be like the RB, you know, a top three RB in this class right now. Uh, it's nice seeing them get on the field early. Amarion Hampton looks like he's being used the early down thumper, but he's not really – I can't really say he's excelling at Like, his raw stats look fine, yeah, but when you watch the film, it's not like he's trucking dudes over or, or breaking the tackles. It just kind of seems like he's finding that initial hole, and then the next level, he's just not breaking away. What are your thoughts on these two running backs here? Yeah, Felix and I have argued, not really argued, but we he he's trying to victory lap that he w- that we were wrong on Amari and Hampton, and I don't know that we well, a, I don't know that we know that, 
But I don't know that even if Hampton is a very successful college running back, I still think there's a lot of limiting factors for him. Kind of, like he's not a great athlete. We do not have him marked down as a, a guy that hit very good mile per hour times coming out of high school. Obviously, that stuff can get better. Um, but he is kind of just a thumper. Like I, the the line for me or the guy that I usually comp some of these guys to is like Rakeem Boyd, who was at Arkansas for many many years. For anybody that remembers him, it wasn't that long ago. But Boyd was NFL size. He produced very very well in the SEC on a team that uh, was was middling to not so great. Uh, in that conference and everyone there were people who would say you know Rakeem Boyd put up 1300 yards this year man like he's gonna go to the NFL and it was like yeah but if you actually watch him play like he's not like he's basically just accumulating kind of like Frank Gore at the end of his career like I I don't know that that he has the tools and the skill set to be a a guy that I'm really high on for Debbie so at that point you know I like I think Petaway has a better chance of being a, an, a, a consistent role in the NFL with his skill set than Amarian Hampton does at his. So, I mean, yeah, he's has he taken over the early down role? Yeah, it took two injuries for him to do that, but we can ignore that for a minute. I, I don't know what he's shown this year. And he's young. He's young. He has a couple of years to get better. But I don't know how, how many guys go from being like average athletes at best to like NFL level. It just doesn't necessarily happen. So with these two guys here, because I'm with you, I don't think I'm more Hampton's really like, I, th- I think I had him like inside my top 15. I'm not really moving him up from that at this point in time, even with this early usage. Like I don't, I don't see the, I don't see the ceiling. I don't see the ceiling. I mean, clearly yeah. George Pedway's got the better hands. He's going to be used in that role. And as long as they're both teammates together, I don't think the team's going to be like, oh, maybe, maybe Hampton should get some work going in. I, sorry, pass catching in. Like, I don't see that happening. Uh, but with Pedway having the more successful skill set, do you think Pedway could be, developed into that workhorse role like do you think he can put on the weight and the size to get up to that 210 that we like to see i don't think he has the frame for 210 at least not without significantly compromising what he does like kamaro edmonds just tried to like we just everyone we always like what if what what if he can get to two pounds we just watch kamaro edmonds do it like it's a train wreck like yeah it's all about sacrificing that athleticism to get the size you want them to keep that level of athleticism but while adding that muscle exactly it's touchy but i mean yeah like you said petaway's got receiving work this year he's got two rushing touchdowns he's averaging almost six yards per carry hampton has zero zero reception so far this year again it's very early it's only three games i'm not drawing sweeping conclusions on either of these guys but i do think it's notable that oh hampton is has has grabbed the bell cow rule there and they haven't thrown him any passes like mildly concerning i am dragging my feet on a running back article i've been trying to write for about three weeks now and i want you to know that there's only been we know (laughs) there's only been there's only been three running backs to hit an rb1 year uh having below a five percent reception market share and they're they're very predictable names it's it's like asteric henry is nick chubb and i don't know the one off the top of my head but it's those two guys and if you don't think armarion hampton is you know, a Nick Chubb or a Derrick Henry, then it's probably not going to be a high level producer at the NFL level. So if you, if you have, I probably recommend you go and cash in on, I mean, I feel like the sell window is pretty, pretty big right now. Is this the Braylon Allen debate all over again? I mean, where are you at on Braylon Allen? Uh, He got bottled up this week against uh, Washington state. I'm just, I love him, man. He's just, he's a tank and he, but he's like a fast moving tank and he's a little bit more shiftier than he should be. Like you watch him and he's just, I'm still on the Braylon Allen train. I still like him enough. He's, 
he is the Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb type of runner to me where he can maybe Jerome Bettis got, got reincarnated here. Like it's that's the most blasphemous thing I've ever heard in my life. You do not say that. You do not say that. I'm still in. I'm still in on, on Braylon Allen. I mean, that's, uh, he's got two catches this year, too, which is kind of why I was asking the question because I, I was actually trying to look up real quick. He, he does have two catches, so oh. better than zero. Nice. It was an ADOT like, less than two. Like it's, it's probably... Well, it's two catches for 12 yards, so the ADOT can't be that high. I don't know what it is, but it's not, it's not high. All right, let's go on to another running back. Though. Let's go to uh, uh, Jaden Ott from Cal. I don't feel like Cal's had like relevant players for forever. I like I, I know they have, but I can't think of the names right now. But it's it's been it's been a long time since Cal has had a football program truly worth talking about in the Debbie space. But Jaden Ott, I think you were one of the earlier ones, at least to me, that was in on him as a running back. Talk to me about Jaden Ott. Yeah, I didn't like love his game. I thought there were a lot of red flags with him coming out of high school. He, like, I think he was a five-star, like, as a sophomore or something, and then dropped pretty far in rankings because he didn't really grow that much. But all indications from Cal through spring were that he was going to get touches. Like, it it became pretty apparent in, like, June that, that he was going to be a guy there. I'm surprised he's the guy. 24 carries through two games, 156 yards, a touchdown, five catches, and a couple of touchdowns there, too. He's really well-rounded there uh, for them. He can kind of do a little bit of everything. He's got pretty decent size. He's he's listed over 200 pounds. I don't remember exactly what they have him at. 205. Um, 205. Okay. So not like ideal, but not not bad. And he looks like he has kind of that thicker frame to to add a few pounds. I think he's looked really good. I've, I watched a couple of clips of him the other day. I'd be lying if I said I sat down and watched a whole cow game yet this year. But I'm, I'm making plans to do so here in the next couple of weeks just because I want to see what he looks like. Because he's, from the clips I've seen, he's been, he's looked really, really crisp. He looks good. Yeah, I can't comment about this game. I have not watched. I watched one Cal game, but I, I immediately watched it for Jeremiah Hunter. I am in on the Jeremiah Hunter train. But uh, he looks like he lost snaps from week one to week two. So, again, I'm just doing some box score analysis. You're not actually getting in getting in the details here. But he lost some snaps going from week one to week two. But his efficiency is there. His receiving ADOT is positive. That's a really big deal because those are guys that are catching more than just dump-offs. Like they're actually out there running some routes. They're trying to, you know, they're, they're actually – catching passes like in, in the actual sense. So it's he, he's interesting. And being six foot two oh five, like I'm not worried about that. I mean when I see that like six foot, like I'm like that guy's got a bigger frame. He should be able to like pile on probably another like 20 pounds if he wants to. Again, I haven't really seen him play though. So I'm just really doing a lot of speculation here. I, I will be interested to see if he takes that job like fully this year or not. Because they do again they have some other backs there that are not bad. Damian Moore has fumbling issues, but he's not like a bad a player by any stretch of the imagination. But he feels like the kind of guy that if I have him in Debbie at the end of this year and he performs pretty well, maybe I'm selling. Interesting. Like, like I, I know I, I I just talked about how like he's looked pretty darn good through a couple of games, yeah. but I don't know like ceiling wise what he's at, especially because again, like he was very unimpressive his last two years of high school. Like I, I wonder if it's, it'll be a flash and you can kind of sell him for something decent or, or whatever, and then move on to something else. That's interesting. I mean, again, just box course got in here. I mean, 10, 10 missed tackles on 25 carry. Like that's a really good ratio there too. Like, I mean, he must gotta be either a breaking arm tackles, which is like good contact on us or B like, actually he's got some shiftiness to him. I mean, I don't know, man. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't have him ranked at all. I'm going to, I'm going to do my redo my rankings here coming week four, but 
this is someone that I'm going to add to my rankings and I don't know where I'm going to put him, but like, he's definitely, I mean, he's probably entering like the top 15, top 20 for me. Saying that you're going to sell is interesting. I mean, you're probably going to sell him for like a haul, but I mean, yeah. I don't like, where would you have him? Do you, do you know where you have him right now? For your I don't think I have him in my Debbie rankings. I'm 98% yeah. sure I have him in my C2C ones. Yeah. Not in Debbie. Uh, I do have him in my C2C. Where is he here? Uh, actually, no, I don't. Um, okay, how about this? We'll do, we'll do either or again. Okay. Jaden Knott or Ramon Brown? Today, for Debbie, I think you have to take Ott. Even mm-hmm. though I think Brown could end up being the better player. I think today, you take the value. Okay, so Lev Moss with Ott would seem seem, uh, seem concept? Yeah, I would take Ott over Moss. Moss is a guy, I don't know what to do with him. Yeah, same, same. I mean, I look at him, I think he's too high on my list, but it's like, whatever. Uh, here's yeah. the one a little bit harder. Andrew Paul. I would, uh, I would probably take Paul over him because I just think straight up he's a better player, but, I, you know, knee injury year one, not a great yeah, start. Yeah, and he's got some high-level internal competition there. So, okay. I just wanted to see where you're at with that. So, that's interesting. Let's go on to our next one here. Let's go to a – we mentioned earlier about Kobe Prentice. He was a guy that was uh, faded on the on the freshman guide, right? Um, yeah, we had him uh, recently low. And shout out to Alfred, who won't again. Like I talked about something on C two C pod, he will never listen to this, so he'll right. never know that I'm giving him props. But he had him as a, like his wide receiver three or something in the class. Yeah. He really liked him. So, do you, if if you could like go back in time, like do you see why he was successful, or are you just actually like just astonished that he ended up on top of all the freshman options so my thing with prentice is that i thought he was more a running back than wide receiver coming out okay like, is that why I, you laugh when i said he was like a running yes back i i watched him and i like in my notes i be, i have written down like in big thing like this guy's a running back he's not a wide receiver um yeah i just remember him catching a ball against utah state he did like a little dead leg move and i was like that man looks exactly like Brees hall in the open field like it was like yeah. the exact same like his bilingual was the exact same as watching Brees Hall, and I was like, "This is kind of funny." Yeah, Usually, so I mean, yeah. with receivers, they're like a lot more shifty, twitchier, sink their hips more. He was more just a uh, upright. I was like, "All right." It's very, very low A dot in high school for the most part. Was a special team, like big special teams guys. Um, I do want to see, like, does he develop further than what he is now? Like, and how many injuries did it take for him to get to this point? Because I think that is like obviously a lot of these guys, you know, if they take advantage of it, that's good. But like. I mean, there's a bunch of dudes that got hurt before he was stepping into this role. I'm still skeptical, but I'm significantly higher on him than I was four weeks ago. Same. I moved him up to number nine. As soon as I saw him on the dev chart, I, I talked about it on a podcast here, like I think it was like a week or two ago, where I was kind of like, Nick Saban doesn't hold back. I mean, he's a pretty honest guy. Like he puts it out there. It's like that. So I think I think Kobe Prentice is the actual starting wide receiver, and he looked good. So I. I did move him up, um, but I do actually want to say this now that we've trashed the Alabama wide receiver core like for most of the show here. If JoJo Earl was healthy, do you think he would have been the one here in his offensive system or, or what? I think he definitely would have been. Um, yeah. Or like he would have been the number one guy in the slot. Yeah, I think he would be getting targets right now. I mean, he, he had, like people were so upset because he had a drop or two in the spring game when it was like a monsoon. Like I, I was not worried about that. But now two injuries, two years in a row, that's kind of concerning. Yeah, I'm watching Burton struggle, and now I'm just I'm just focused on man. If JoJo Earl was healthy, how much would he have eaten? Like this is, 
you think do you think if he comes back healthy this year like let's let's say that the Clemson the Clemson trainers come over to Alabama and give them that miracle drug that they got going on over there do you, do you think Jojo Earl is going to take off if he like were to play like halfway through this year or whatever do you think when he comes back he's the guy uh that's a good question I don't know I don't know if they're going to rush him back uh or not what they're going to do with him um, I would suspect that no matter what, Prentice has some sort of a role moving forward. You have Prentice, it looks like right now, is your wide receiver 30 overall. And yeah, your wide receiver, I believe, 10 in the freshman class. How Realistically, how much higher do you think he could go? Here, here are the guys you have in front of him, Mike. You have Andre Green Jr., Antonio Williams at Clemson, Barry and Brown at Kentucky, Kion Gray's at Ohio State are the couple of guys right in front of him. Could he jump any of those guys for you this year? Yeah, that's hard. I mean, he could for sure. I, we talked about Keon Gray's potentially being a year one zero. Um, I definitely can move him above Andre Green. I might even do that right now. But uh, it's it's a really nice class. So it's because I've thought about that. Even when Barry and Brown broke out here, like I, I've thought about like, can I move him up even more than I have him right now? Like, I'm not really sure. So I, I could see him moving up a little bit like at the moment, but Come end of the year, I, I think I'll, I'll instantly put him up above all the year one zero. So if Chevron doesn't get out there, if, if Gray doesn't get out there, uh, Randall should be getting out there. But it, let's just say Randall doesn't. Like I'll, I'll put him above Randall for sure. Yeah, I think Randall's back this week. Yeah, game. they announced that, but you know I'm waiting to see. I don't want to. I don't want to get caught off guard with that coach speak. You know. <laughs> so, <laughs> you sound like a man that's been burned too many times on that mic. Dude, it's just it's all men do is lie. Like. I, I don't get it. It's my wife was right. But All men dish do girl, dish, dish. I'm here for you. <laughs> um, let's go into uh, Kobe Hudson, TCU. Now, whoa, 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 whoa! I know you've got oh. Kobe Hudson on the mind. That's not who we're talking about here. Are we not? Oh, oh, it's Jordan. Jordan Hudson. Thank you. I got him on the show sheet last week. I got him. I got uh, him mixed up with uh, Tyler Hudson from uh, <laughs> just anytime you're talking about a Hudson, you're Kobe. Kobe. <laughs> All right. Jordan Hudson. Jordan Hudson. Uh TCU. Uh, a lot of the guys here at CDC like DJ Allen early on. Um, I have access to Matt's database, which I really do appreciate. Always shouting out big wide receiver guy. Uh he 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 has him clocked in at like 18.4 miles per hour. I mean, that seems extremely unathletic. But he's on the field now. So just give me your thoughts on, on Hudson here. Yeah, I think his his upside is eventually limiting. Um, I don't know that he'll be able to consistently play on the boundary and win on the boundary. I think like the best case hope for him would be that he turns into David Bell. But I don't know that he quite has the same ability to win downfield that Bell does. Bell has like that miraculous, now he's not open, now he is kind of thing going on. Um I, I but but I, he's looked good so far this year. I think he's a be, he's a guy that's a much better C two C asset than he is a Debbie asset. Um, I think I have him ranked uh, to reflect that, and I think that he'll continue to do that. But it's a I mean it's a really good sign that he's out there as a freshman, and maybe he's that rare guy like Bell that can kind of overcome being a, a lacking athlete. I just don't know. I just don't like betting on those guys. It seems um, like you know low low upside in the long term. I do want to say this though. I have to find it though. Give me one sec. David Bell. David Bell from Purdue. Because he his miles per hour day was actually very shocking. 20.5 miles per hour coming out of high school. For someone that we that everybody does make fun of for running that what that, that four six. 
at the combine. I mean, that's a 20.5 mile per hour guy right there. And so don't disrespect David Bell on this show ever again, Austin. All right. Just saying, <laughs> just saying. Let's go to the Kentucky wide receivers. We've talked about uh, Darian Brown a little bit, but what about Dane Key here? There's definitely a growing crowd for him for the Debbie area. I, I've been pretty stout on he's just filling in that Josh Ali role. Like he's just a, he's a role player, not a versatile asset here, but he's, I don't know where the, I have to look at the stats, but I, f- I feel like he's got to be like a, a top five producer here at these freshmen right now. You think these guys are both Debbie assets or what do you think is going to happen to Dane Key here in the next three years? What do you? Th- I mean, you're the Kentucky guy. You tell me. I've I've been I I tweeted out a couple months ago. You Dinky will probably outproduce Barry and Brown this year, but in the long term, I would still rather have Brown. I mean, that kick return was all you needed to see, where he he hit what 22 miles per hour and just turned on the Jets. It's gone. Yeah, no. In my opinion is from preseason or offseason has not changed. It's it's Barry and Brown's the versatile asset. He's just got to fill into that frame a little bit more. He has that that twitchiness, that athleticism. He. He already his high in high school he played the same system that Kentucky runs now. So it's it should be a quick pretty quick transition, which it's already happening faster than I thought it would. I really didn't think you'd see the field like this this early. Against good 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 teams too. Like you know, like if they play him against G five, like that's just kind of typically how it is. But he's out here playing against Florida. So uh I'm more on the Brandon Brown train. I think I always will be. Dane Key will be the early producer here. But I think we will see Brandon Brown overtaking his teammate here year two. So I I'm I'm still stoutly on the Dane Key's a role player, but sometimes role players do get that draft cap. I mean, he there there is a world of possibility where he he keeps his Debbie value. I mean, and he is kind of that springy linear type athlete that every once in a while kind of kind of ends up hitting, but it just doesn't seem like he has a ton of versatility at this point. Um, yeah, I don't know usually, if he has the ability see, to get that. Either. The the role players that you like to see be successful next level. They usually have the size, like, you know, the six slant boy, you know, I'm talking about Michael Thomas. Like, you know, he's a, that's a, that's a role. I mean, yeah. Well, so, I mean, even though I, I he's more versatile than I think Dean Key, Dean Key will end up being obviously okay. very early to say that, but yeah. So I guess we're both still sticking to our, our preseason opinions about him. Uh, let's talk about our last guy here. Amari Evans. Uh, I've been, I've been toting him. I, I have to give credit though, to solving football, David, I, I'm not want to mess up his last name. Is it Kipple or Nipple? Like, be honest with me. He doesn't want his last name tossed around for that reason. Oh, okay. So uh, we'll edit that out. We'll just give a clean break for Corey to edit that out. Last guy to talk about here, Marion Evans. Penn State, he's an uber athlete. Uh, guy give credit to David with his ass-solving football here at Camp Sican. Uh he brought him up, brought him up during the recruiting show. I think it was like, I want to say it's like the fifth episode of their recruiting show where they're talking about their favorite three stars. And he brought up Amari Evans purely for athletic reasons. And once I thought about it more, Penn State develops really good route runners. I think they get, they develop guys that get separation really well. They're very good at developing technicians. This combined with the athlete that Evans is combined with like his tape from high school, like he played a lot of quarterback, but you saw the open field twitchiness and his, his yak ability. So it made me feel really good that this guy can be developed into a, a really elite level technician. He has decent size. He's already put on 10 pounds going into the season. So what do you think his ceiling is? Do you think this guy can be a legit Debbie asset here, or is this just a long shot? I mean, it was a long shot. Do you think it still is a long shot? It's still a long shot, but I think he's a really good player. Um, he was yeah like a wildcat quarterback in high school, but you could tell 
just like his ability in the open field. Like he just kind of has that natural feel for like, you know, sixth sense where defenders are uh, kind of how to set up blocks, how, how to, you know, gain slight edges on angles that maybe you didn't think were there. Um, it's just the receiver part that he's had to learn. And I think it made him more ready today than a guy like Caden Saunders was. But I also think it makes it so like, if he never learns the wide receiver part, then what we see now is what we're going to get. But if he does figure it out, then I think he could be a legitimate second round first, late first round kind of guy. Like he's just really deadly with the ball in his hands. And that those guys end up having a role in the NFL if they can do that. So I mean, could he be like Lynn Bowden? Maybe if he never learns how to play wide receiver. Um, but if he does, so gross. That's so that, gross. You threw that name out there like that. I'm sorry. I didn't even think about the Kentucky connection until I said it. <laughs> you made that face. But I do think he could be a, a really good player for them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do. I mean, he's he's on the road to beat the year one zero. I mean, I really didn't think he would. I thought he might do it as a special teams player, but see him get snaps. Like, yeah, three snaps week one, going into eighteen snaps week two. Like, you love he's seeing that. Love he's getting on the field earlier than Saunders is too, which I think is telling. Yes, that's really going to be it for our show tonight, guys. Uh, please tune into the rest of the Camp Scan podcast feed. Monday, you got chasing the natty. Tuesday, camp is life. They're doing like ten hour long episodes now, so it takes me multiple days to finish. Wednesday, you got Bet on C to C. Thursday, you got the Debbie debate, Canton Bound, the official. And Friday, you got your favorite back to Debbie. 8 to 10 on Saturday, you have Better Sports app. The tailgate starts at 10 to 12. And then you got the College Fantasy Night starting at 1045 or whenever the late night game ends. Make sure you tune into the YouTube channel Saturday mornings and evenings. Stay up to date on everything happening. That's just it. That's going to be our show tonight. Apologies to, to Dame Brugler. We ran out of time. This is Mike, that's Austin, good night and good luck.